there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, friends. This is Marilyn. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Calm Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about burnout, and I'm going to talk about it in a different way than I think it's usually talked about. Why am I talking about this? Well, I'm certainly feeling a little singy around the edges. Um, we've definitely been in this phase of, you know, working really hard, burning the candle at both ends in, in our work lives, in our home lives, in our homeschooling, figuring out the virtual or hybrid or back in person school situation. The last 13 months have just been, you know, really hard on a lot of us and it's, pretty easy to just keep on keeping on and work really hard and doing all the things until you feel burnt out. And I decided that we should talk about this because, you know, I'm definitely starting to use some of my um, learned mitigation strategies to try to avoid the effects of being burned out and to prevent it. But I do catch certain weeks that I'm feeling a little bit more burned out than others, and I know that a lot of my friends and colleagues are feeling it too. I'm seeing it in their social media posts and in talking with them. It's just a real issue that we're dealing with, and so I decided that we should talk about it, and I want to dig a little deeper into the the why. So today we're going to talk about burnout. First, a little bit about what it is. I think we all know, but in case someone doesn't or to make sure we're all on the same page. And then I'm going to talk about the why. So first, let's talk about burnout. Maybe you are a lucky one that does not get burned out because you don't overwork yourself and overschedule yourself and suffer from being a workaholic. Uh, Unfortunately, I do. Uh, I'm a recovering workaholic. I'm really trying to drop those tendencies, Um, but I'm also a recovering overscheduler and If you are one of those people that does not do this, my goodness, bless you. Thank you for being a a good example for the rest of us on how to not do this to ourselves. And if you are someone who does not do this to yourself, 
This episode still could be useful for you to better understand your friends or family or colleagues who do work themselves to the ground um, in case you don't understand why they do that. So first, what does it feel like when you're burned out? Um, It takes on different manifestations, I think. Uh, Sometimes apathy. You just get to the point that you're like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it works. I don't care if it doesn't. I don't care what happens. Um, Really cranky and um, irritable. Uh, Sometimes exhausted to the point of being too tired to think, too tired to do anything. Um, Being frazzled and almost in a, um, like, not being able to focus because you're just kind of over here, over there, over here, over there, and you're just all over the place. Uh, Sometimes it looks like brain fog where you really just cannot pull your thoughts together. Sometimes it's anxiety feeling and like you're going to crawl out of your skin or just scream. Uh, Sometimes it's that you just have no patience and a really short temper. Uh, Sometimes it's just that you're overly emotional, either on the, you know, you can get really sad or really angry. Whatever the emotions are, they just are kind of hyper-emphasized and and fluctuate a lot. Um, There are many other kind of manifestations of this feeling, but these are some of the ones that I could think of that I've certainly experienced. So when you have worked and just been too busy, too much for too long of a period, and what's the length of time? It varies from person to person. I can get myself pretty burned out in a couple of days if I don't put myself in check. But the idea is that you've done this too much for too long and you've got to do something different take a pause, take a break, make some sort of adjustment. But what I want to talk about first today is, have you ever thought about why? Why do you work so much? Do you have to work that much or be that busy? Or are you choosing to work so much? Are you choosing to overschedule yourself. I'm asking this question. One, someone recently asked me. Um, we were talking about burnout, and a good friend said, Do you think you stayed busy to avoid being alone with your thoughts? I thought, Wow, what a profound question. It gave me some time to, to really reflect and, and have some insights into the why. Uh, you know, my knee-jerk reaction, well, yeah, I guess, of course. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. Who wants to be alone with your thoughts? And then the more that I thought about it, I realized that this, for many people, this is a big part of it. And so... I wish somebody had asked me that question 20 years ago. Um, I feel like it, it's a really important one to ask yourself. And so I'm asking you today, why? Why do you work so hard? Do you think that you're staying so busy 
to avoid being alone with your thoughts. I'm not going to pretend to know your truth on this. Um, I do know mine. I know that the answer is that it depends. In some seasons, I do have to work that much. What do I mean? What types of seasons? Well, for me in academia, um, when it's, you know, the, the couple of months leading up to submission of a grant, there's a lot to be done. When there's a big deadline coming up for a manuscript, for a student's thesis defense, for the semester rolling out and you need to get your courses prepared, at that point, you really do. You've got to put in more hours because there's just more that needs to be done. But upon reflection, if I think about it, in some seasons, I'm not sure that I have to work quite so hard. But I think I might choose to, or at least in the past. My past self would choose to, if I'm honest. And why? Why did I do this? I think it's an important thing for us to think about and just acknowledge and be aware of. For some, it truly is. They're working three jobs. So yes, they're that busy because they need to work the jobs to make the money that they need to support their family. And if you're one of those people, then you know the answer to the question. Why do you work so much? Do you have to? Yes, you absolutely have to, to make ends meet. But for some of us, we're choosing to say yes to a lot of additional assignments, activities, opportunities. And I think it's a good idea to ask yourself, why am I saying yes to all of these things? Do I need to? Or do I want to? And maybe most importantly, should I say yes to all of these things? I'm going to tell you kind of where I had my wake-up call to, to really better understand myself and why now, looking back with hindsight, I think that for much of my life, I was choosing to work too much. All right, I'm going to share my story about my wake-up call and my realization and kind of the unpacking of why I work as hard as I do. I haven't shared this story with a lot of people. You know, of course, my close friends, I think, know about this, but but I think it's important. I shared it with my circle of women, my board of directors, that uh, we meet and kind of help one another through our um, work-life harmony struggles and after I shared it, there were just kind of some ongoing conversation with a few of them that that made me think it's an important story to share here on the podcast. So I'm not going to give all of the the details behind kind of why 
the event manifested or happened, but I'll explain my reaction to it. So in 2017, I had a situation happen um, with my job that just put me into a pretty negative place. And I was very upset and very disappointed and angry and frustrated. And I had kind of all of those negative emotions happening. And I was crying to my husband. And I just said something along the lines of, I just don't know how to handle this. If if I am not doing well and being recognized for the quality of my work, then, then who am I? My whole life, I have been a straight-A student, a star performer, an overachiever, and I get my worth through the performance of my career, of my intelligence, of my success in my work. That has always been what equals my self-worth. I know that I am enough because I am good at science and I am good at studying and I am good at the whole kind of scholastic academic pursuit. And now someone has kind of done this thing to basically put me in my place. And and now I feel like nothing. If I am not a successful scientist, then, then I'm nothing. Who am I? And at this point, I'm bawling. And, you know, this is a, a summary of that conversation I was emotional and crying, and so I don't remember my exact words, but I do remember that was the feeling that because this thing had happened, I I was worthless because my entire self-worth was wrapped up in my my resume, my CV. And as I say this now, you know, four years later, I it's it doesn't even sound possible. Like, why would I have thought that? But I did. I truly did. And so my husband very calmly asked me a bunch of questions like, you know, how can you think that? Why Why would you think you're nothing if not a successful scientist? You're a wife. You're a mother. You're a daughter. You're a friend how are you not important in those roles? Why would you be nothing? It it doesn't matter what happens at work. You still have a purpose. You still have a role. Like you're enough because of you. So, so your relationship with me doesn't equal part of your worth? Your relationship with the kids? You're a wonderful mother. How could that not play a role into you being enough. And and again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure he said it in a, a more sarcastic and funny way to make me laugh because 
that's who he is. And that's one of the things I love about him. He can take me out of my very serious place and, and make me laugh and smile. But it was basically this realization that my entire self-worth was wrapped up in my career. And it had always been when I was a student, you know, in high school and in college, it was all about my grades. It always was. That was the only thing. I felt love when I got an A. And I don't know why entirely. I know pieces of it and why that would be. Uh, That's a, a podcast episode in the future. I will have to figure out how to share that story, but not today. But the reason that I'm sharing this story with you now is that it was an awakening for me, a slap in the face, an eye opening, a wake up call, whatever you want to call it, that I absolutely was working overly hard and saying yes to all of the opportunities that presented themselves to me because I needed to make sure that I was successful and I would do whatever it took to make sure that I was successful because success equals love. Success equals self-worth. Success equals being enough. I now know that is false. I do not know why I thought that. I do not know who taught me that. I don't know where I got that idea, but that is completely false. And so I wanted to share that with you for you to think a little bit about your why. Why are you working so hard? Is it because your self-worth is tied up in your work? I hope for you that it's not because it's not a healthy mindset to be in, speaking from experience. But if it is, then I can tell you four years later after realizing this, you actually can stop yourself from thinking that way and change your mindset. So I'm going to spend the last little bit here talking about just some of the the questions that I went through and that I continue to ask myself and that I would want you to ask yourself to help kind of dig out from working too much. So I want to go back to the question that my good friend asked me, and I'm now going to ask you, do you stay busy to avoid being alone with your thoughts? Maybe the answer is no, and this is an easy one for you. I would bet that for some of you, the answer is yes. It was definitely my answer. I didn't want to have to think about lots of issues with my dysfunctional family. Again, that's another podcast episode sometime in the future. I didn't want to think about some of the social justice issues happening in the world. It was too hard. It was too sad. It was too ugly. I don't want to deal with that. So I I worked. I was too busy to deal with that. I didn't want to think about various other issues that were happening, you know, in politics or 
in religion or there are just lots of areas of life that if I was too busy, I didn't have to think about them. So that's the first question that I would ask yourself. I wish someone had asked me that 20 years ago. I think it would have made an impact and given me insights long before now and long before 2017 when I really started to make a change. Other things I would ask yourself, why do you work so much? Again, is it a need to or a want to? Are there things that you do that are on your to-do list that you could remove, that you could say no? Maybe not this time because you've already committed, but the next time you get asked, could you say no? Which of the things on your list are important and what are extra? And for those extra things, why are you doing it? Do you feel obligated? Are you just too nice and you don't like to say no? Are you doing it to get ahead in your career? What happens if you said no? What happens if you don't do the thing? I can tell you that one thing I've definitely noticed over time is that my to-do list is always long. Every time I finish one thing, two or three new things can get put on the list. It never all gets checked off. And that's part of the career that I chose and that I love is being a scientist and a professor. I always have new ideas for projects I want to do, questions I want to ask, papers I want to read, papers I want to write. There's always more on the to-do list. Sometimes we joke that it's job security, but sometimes it's important to realize that you cannot get all of the things done this week or this month or, or ever. There will always be new things added to your list. And so do you have to get all of them done today? Do you have to get all of them done this week? One last question that I would ask is, do you like yourself when you're by yourself? Again, this gets back to that first question of, you know, do you, do you stay busy so that you're not alone with your thoughts? There's a great quote from Oprah Winfrey. I want to read it because I want to make sure that I say it correctly. So this is a quote that she has in every episode of her podcast. Uh, it's Oprah Super Soul Conversations. If you've not listened, like, it's, like hit pause and go subscribe to that. And then when you're done listening to me, go listen to some of those. They are amazing. So here's her quote. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time, taking time to be more fully present. This quote is so insightful. If we don't spend time alone in the quiet with our thoughts, it's very hard to figure out where we're going. What are our goals? Where are we headed? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? I have found that I relish this quiet time. I try to get it every day, at least in the morning. 
I try again in the evening. I can tell you that prior to 2017, it was never quiet. I always had the TV or music in the background. I never wanted to sit alone in silence, ever. After, you know, some therapy and some unpacking, I now understand a little bit more about the why. But now I can say, you know, on the the back end of it, four years later, that quiet time is so needed, not only for yourself and and for your own kind of mindset and mental state, but it's needed to do high quality work. If your work requires you to be creative, innovative, thoughtful, you need the quiet. You need the time to think. And so I want you to think about why are you not giving yourself that alone time in the quiet? And what can you do to get that time, to get over that, that fear of that time? Like I said earlier, maybe you're one of those people who is not afraid of that time. But if you have a good friend or a family member or a colleague and you see that they are too busy all the time, if you feel brave enough, ask them that question. Do you stay busy to avoid being alone with your thoughts? And if you don't want to ask it because it's a hard one to ask, and I'm very proud of my friend for asking me, I would send them this podcast episode, let them listen to it. I think it's an important thought process to have for ourselves to understand why are we working so hard and to the point of of burnout. Um, What I didn't talk about today is what to do to mitigate the burnout. Uh, I will put that together as a follow-up episode. All right, friends, I'm going to wrap up for the day. I know that I didn't really give you a lot of tactical strategies for how to deal with burnout today, but I hope that the questions that I asked allow you to reflect and have a little bit of time with yourself to think about why you're allowing yourself to work to the point of burnout. Again, maybe you have to, and it's just the situation that you're in, the season that you're in, but maybe like me, you're choosing to. And I can tell you four years after making changes and most of the time not allowing myself to work to the point of burnout, uh, life is pretty awesome. I love my work even more because I'm not, I'm not overworked. I look forward to kind of getting into my science each day. I look forward to meeting with students and postdocs and my lab staff members. I look forward to, you know, going to faculty meetings and hearing all the science that people in my department are doing. There's definitely a different outlook on your work 
when you're coming from a place of excitement and interest and enjoyment than a place of burnout. So if you are feeling totally burned out, and I know a lot of people are, recognize that you're not alone and know that there is a a future where you don't have to feel so burned out. I'm going to put together my list of how I have overcome burnout, and we'll talk about it in the next episode. With that, take care, have a good week, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination, it's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.